Dancel Sherry is the author of over 20 published short stories and novelettes. She started writing in college but decided she needed to push herself, so she signed up for a writer's boot camp facilitated by Orson Scott Card where she learned about the short story market. It was through writing short stories that she developed her own voice and learned to tell compact, heartfelt stories that get people excited and make people laugh. Dancel's learned a lot in the intervening years, and I'm excited to have her on the show to share about her journey and what's ahead. Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Storyteller Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Freckleton. Have you ever noticed how fear stops us from creating and sharing our best work? Join the Fearless Storyteller as we explore the heart and soul of writing stories, songs, and scripts that sell with the people who write them. Each guest has their own unique hero's journey and insights into the intersections between limiting beliefs and success. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to leave a review on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for a link to the Patreon offerings. I've got some good ones for you. Thanks so much for being a listener and supporter of the show. Enjoy today's interview. Dancel Cherry, welcome to the Fearless Storyteller podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So what do we, know, what do we need to know about you, Dancel? Well, uh, I guess it's good to know that I uh, am a short story writer. Um, I've had people uh, stories out in Galaxy's Edge and Fireside and uh, Escape Pod, places like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm currently working on on uh, some novels, but that's where that's kind of where I began, and and I just have a deep love for short fiction. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's 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 my writing background. I've been writing for uh, seriously for about ten years. Um, told myself I was going to write, you know, my whole life, and and I finally got down and got buckled buckled in and really started doing it ten years ago. So, mm. and when when did you not seriously start writing? Uh, I have loved writing since I was a kid, and I always thought, you know, I always people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I said I want to be a dance teacher and a lawyer and a writer. And, um, I've, I, I was actually just talking about this with somebody the other day. I said, you know, I teach Pilates and, and some dance still, and I write and I, I'm really good at arguing. So I, <laughs> I kind of covered all the bases. Right. So I've, I've kind of done it ever since then, you know, I, I kind of dabbled um, in writing and I felt like I was, you know, I had skills as a writer, but I didn't really start writing as many stories as I as I would have liked to until really, I mean, even though I did here and there, I really didn't start doing it until college. Um, and I actually used college classes, mm-hmm. my writing classes as a way to make myself write. Uh, and it was when I was starting to, you know, realize I had to have assignments, I had to do it. And that's so funny because I loved doing it, but I didn't do it. And so now I'm realizing structure. that's probably because yeah. of some ADHD. Yeah, I needed the structure at the time. And so it was really helpful to have the structure. And then um, partway through when I had one more year left, um, 
at, at in college and I'd been doing my creative writing classes and things like that, I, I said, you know what, I really need to push myself. Um, I was learning some things in my classes and that was great, but I, I really felt like I needed to try to do a little bit more. And so I looked for one for, for something that seemed like it would fit the time constraints that I was under. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did the Orson Scott card literary boot camp. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I sent in my paper, got into that class or into that boot camp, and uh, got my butt kicked for a week, and learned a lot of things about writing, and I learned more about short story markets and about so much more, you know, that really wasn't being covered in my college classes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and so, you know, I appreciate what I learned there, but I really, that really was what kickstarted me taking things even more seriously, and um, and really pushing myself as a writer after that. Yeah. So was that an in-person event, the book boot camp? It was. Yeah. Uh, he was running it in, he had one in, uh, back, back on the East coast. And then he actually for a couple of years had them in Utah. And so I was in Idaho at the time and I traveled down and stayed with family and, uh, took it. And I, I really, I really grew a lot from that experience. Yeah. I bet you were really fired up after that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny though, because there's so much that, you know, we don't know that we don't know. (laughs) And, and, and and I didn't know about short story markets and no, you know, like I was trying to figure it out when I was in school and, um, and I, you know, I'd be like trying to look at the boards and it's like, you don't even, you don't even know what to look for until somebody starts telling you, oh, Hey, you should go check out this place or, Hey, this is a, this is a good magazine. So, you know, I knew about some of the short story markets. I knew about uh, fantasy and science fiction and I knew about, um, I think analog and Asimov's and I'd come across the uh, intergalactic medicine show. Mm. And so I knew about those and I really didn't know any others. Um, it was really, you know, I, I'd read a lot of novels, but I really wasn't I didn't know where to submit. I, if I was trying to submit novels at the time, if I had been doing that, I wouldn't have known where to submit those. Mm-hmm. So it was really helpful um, when I had done that. And then um, a couple years, about a year, well, yeah, about a year later, I moved to Texas um, and started going to the conventions in Texas and made friends there. And they said, oh, you know, you should use Duotrope. And then, you know, th- then there was an even an even better submission tracker called uh, the Submissions Grinder, um, which is fantastic. And mm-hmm. and so I've been able to find so many more markets, but it's like, if you're talking with new writers, they, they don't know where to look. You know, it's, 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 you don't know what you don't know until you find out otherwise. And so it's so rewarding to get to help other people, help them understand, you know, things that, they may not even, they may not may, they may not have even known what questions to ask until mm-hmm. somebody was able to bring it to their attention. Right, and so I know I'm not hugely familiar with doing short stories as far as like vocationally. Um, right, I get the sense that there is a lot of research, or you'll want to align yourself with the types of publications that you know, publish what you're interested in. Right. And, right. And did you, you mentioned a few, um, short story markets before you had attended Orson Scott cards boot camp. Um, were you a reader of, of their magazines? 
I was um, a little bit. I hadn't read mm-hmm. as uh, as deeply of short fiction from short story from from magazines. You know, of course, I read a lot of uh, short fiction in college and in high school, and you know, started to read some of it for fun from what I could find. But uh, it was it was it was after that that I found more markets. You know, now it's like it's so fun because you know there's Lightspeed and there's Clark's World and um, and every every short story market has its own flavor. And, um, and, and that's awesome, you know, that they don't all have the same thing. And, you know, you may be able to sell a story at galaxy's edge that other stories may think are, or other, mar- other markets may, or, you know, that they, they may love the story, but it just doesn't fit our market. And so there's nothing wrong with the story itself. It's just, it didn't fit their market. Hmm. So, um, there's definitely a lot of that to keep in mind if, if you are looking at short story markets. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of great ones out there and I really, there's, there's pretty much anything to suit anybody's taste. If they want short fiction, if they want slightly longer, um, stories, you know, that are going to take them an hour or two to read. There's, there's. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you dropped for a second. Did you notice that you dropped on your end? I did. I just, I, I, I heard a silence. <laughs> I wasn't sure what happened. I went, wait, where is well, it? Well, what I can't tell right now is if it's, are you wearing some sort of headset with battery or anything, or is it just? I'm not. I'm on a, I'm on my laptop. And so I, I'm just talking directly into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There will be probably intermittent drops then. Just okay. be alert to that, and there may be moments where we need to rewind a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we were talking about, you know, the, those, you know, jump. I hear you. What I'm picking up is you have a lot of passion and excitement still for the short story market. It seems like you have a lot of expertise and and energy and. Um, I'm wondering what it was about short stories in particular that, that drew your attention. Uh, you know, that, yeah, that's, I think that's a good question to ask because I know I'm the, the advice used to be, well, if you want to be a writer, then start writing short stories and then, um, you know, and then do novels because then you can make your name as a short story writer. And that's really not the case anymore. Um, Mm. There's, you know, there, it's very rare that somebody would make their name as a short story writer and then jump up. I mean, there's, there's differences like Ken Liu, Ken Liu is an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he did a lot of short fiction and really did make his name that way before. But I would say for modern writers, you don't see that as much. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people just jump right into novels. But for me, it was partly forced because of the classes I was writing in college. The, the professor, she didn't want me to write longer fiction and I've been trying to you know take some stories a couple different ways and planning to do it a bigger thing she's like nope keep your scope small and ultimately I think that was a good thing um because there's a lot of differences between short fiction and novel um there's a lot that's this, there's a lot that's similar but there's also some differences as far as you know the scope that you're thinking and thinking yeah. in a in a story that can be contained in a thousand words or 4,500 words is very different from you know, a hundred thousand words, yeah. obviously. And, uh, 
And so for me, I, I was really glad that I was able to focus on short fiction because for me, it helped me to develop my voice more. Uh, I was able to play with different story styles so that I have some that are, they're very dark, you know, and there's some that are dark humor and there's some that are uh, just silly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, I can really play with the scope and I can try out different things and then I can send it out. I can send it to readers. I can send it to editors and uh, get the feedback and have a shorter turnaround time so that I can then build on it faster. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that was great. And, and I, I, it's, it's kind of now because now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling drawn towards wanting to, wanting to do bigger projects. And, uh, and so I'm working on a novel and it's, it's, it's hard to work on a novel and work on the short story ideas I have. So I have to kind of pick and choose. Mm. Uh, I don't have, I don't have enough time in the day to, to write eight hours a day, you know, five, five days a week. I have to fit it in where I can. And, uh, so it's, it's, you just got to kind of keep it balanced, yeah. but so, so it sounds I'd, like I'd you, say, pro- you probably have this kind of internalized process where the we're just generating and following through on short story ideas um, is really being disrupted by this by this move to writing novels. Is yeah, that true. Yeah, um, it's it's you know it, you have you don't have to commit as much when you're writing short stories, but. For me, and I know this is the case for other friends of mine who also do longer, you know, they, they were doing short fiction and they're trying to do longer fiction as well, is it's hard to hold the whole novel in your head mm-hmm. and then just drop it, go write a short story for a couple of weeks and then pick it, pick your novel back up and just keep resuming. Like yeah. there's a lot of threads uh, that you need to hold in your head. And so, and so anytime I, I have to put, put the book down and go over and, you know, work on a on a shiny story that really wants to be written, then it's, it's, I just, I have to know that, that if I want to move forward with my novel, I can't keep dropping it and go over and write. And so I've taken, I've only done a few short stories in the last couple of years. I'm still continuing to sell, um, you know, the stories that I've written because I, I have a bunch, you know, and they take time. It takes time to go through each story, each short story market. Yeah. But, uh, it's, I just don't have as much time that I can devote to both things because they're, they're awesome but they, they take time. Yeah. And so how many, if you were to estimate how many short stories you've written in the last 10 years? Uh, over 30, um, mm-hmm. of varying lengths. Some are, you know, some are under a thousand words. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know how much you know about the, the short story market. Those are called flash fiction when they're under a thousand. Um, and if they're over that, you know, then you'll have short story range. And I've done a few that are, um, in the novelette range, which are over, depending on the very, you know, depending on who you're talking to, it's over like 7,500 in that Mm -hmm. range up to about 17,000 words. So I've done a few there, um, and I've sold in different ranges. I've sold a few that are, that are longer. Um, and I've sold a bunch that are, that are flash fiction, some, and, and then, you know, and then some in the middle. So yeah, I've written about, I've written over 30 and sold, I was trying to count it up and I've sold about over, I've sold over 20 within the last eight years, uh, maybe 23, but then I've also done a lot of reprints with those. And so mm. yeah, you get a lot of, you know, you have the opportunity to do reprints through audio, audio reprints, or if you have an anthology coming out and it's it's a great match for your story, then 
uh, I've, I've also made sales that way as well. Yeah, so your your stories continue to work for you beyond the initial right. sale, it sounds like. And, exactly. And I think I noticed that you feel like you had a story translated as well. It sounds like that would be a different way to also explore yeah, the it's, rights. Yeah, it's still, I've sold a few stories uh, for Chinese language, um, and they're still, it's, it's kind of like whenever they choose to exercise those rights, they purchase them, and so they're, Whenever, whenever they choose to, uh, but, uh, the, yeah, that, that, that is another, that's another avenue you can have, you can have foreign language rights that you can resell audio, um, reprint in other magazines or reprint in, in anthologies. And gosh, there's probably even more. I know some people, some of my friends have sold stories, uh, to, uh, what's the word uh, to, to like school books. Like if they're putting in mm. an anthology of, you know, stories for, for students to analyze and talk about, then they've, they've done some, some great sales that way too. So there's, it's, there's some interesting places that, that your stories can end up. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so kind of a double, a, a two for one question, I guess, is what was it about like, What's your why behind you getting started writing and what's your why for continuing to write? Ooh, uh, I think it's, I, I think those would be essentially the same, which is I find stories fascinating. Um, when I'm in, when I, you know, anytime I am taking classes in anything, I always relate to stories and to examples and, and I think that's just how we learn as people, you know, we learn through stories. And so, especially when I, what I, when I'm explaining my love of speculative fiction to people who, you know, kind of tip their head and go, huh, that's interesting. Then I, you know, I tell them, well, what I love is you can take a concept that can seem very controversial or it can seem um, harder to grasp. And when you take two steps to the side and it's, and it's, you know, it's maybe a different world or a slightly, you know, you kind of turn it on its head a little bit, then suddenly the concept is maybe less threatening for people when they're reading about it and they can, they can think about the thing without having their own beliefs threatened. Mm -hmm. And so that's always something that I have loved. I've loved, you know, the fantastic and then also seeing how writers have taken that and, and used it for good, you know, so for, for good storytelling too, because a good story is a good story, but it's always been so interesting when I'm reading the story and then I realize, wait a second, this is really sounding similar to, you know, this thing in real life. <laughs> and I love that. I yeah. love when they, they almost trick you into it and you're like, wait a second. So that's just always been fun. And I think that that's something that I do. I, I, I want to write stories that get people excited. Um, and sometimes that's just funny stories. I really love humor. Uh, I've done a lot of humorous short stories and, and one of the books that I'm working on right now, it, it also relies quite a bit upon, upon humor. And, and to me, it's just, we need that. We need that, especially when times are heavy, you know, it's been a heavy year and, uh, and having some levity that's placed just right, I think is so important. So that's been, that's been the case from, you know, in the past, wanting to make an impact, uh, wanting to make an impact on people, you know, then and now I think is, is, uh, is the why for mm. me. Yeah. i just, you know, uh, it's an interesting question for me always, because 
there are different ways to make an impact and you know mm -hmm. writing is is one and so i assume that there's like you know, a personal gratification that goes hand in hand with that it's like you're you're getting some personal benefit and helping others or having an impact so. yeah yeah yeah, I think so because you know that it's it's fun when you can go back and and enjoy reading your own story. You know, there's there's pretty much any time you read a story, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh. And I, I'm a perfectionist, and I you know I'll still go through and go, huh, I uh, that was the wrong word to use there. You know, I I noticed I messed up on something, but but when the story overall is giving you where you realize you're like, this is just a good story. You know, like either I'm feeling a lot of I'm feeling what, what was intended to be felt. You know, I'm feeling the humor. Mm. I'm feeling the, um, you know, the sense of tragedy when, when a character's, just, they almost got what they wanted and it, it was, it was not quite there. Like that sort of stuff is just, that's so rewarding, um, mm. to be able to have. And, and it's, it's almost like, you know, I just, me being able to look back and say, I did this, like, you know, I did this, this story and like, this is mine. And like, people can read that that's really exciting to, you know, to know that you have a little piece of you, you know, a little piece of your brain that you're able to, to share with other people on paper. Yeah. yeah. And do you ever think about who's going to read your stories? Like, do you have, a, do you hope you're reaching somebody or are you just curious who your stories reach or? Um, it is interesting. So I have, I have nieces and nephews that are <laughs> getting older and, and like, sometimes they're like, I read your story. And I'm like, Oh, which one? Oh no. You know, cause I'm always, <laughs> I don't write like really, you know, stuff that I think would be totally inappropriate, but, um, but, you know, some are like darker material and, uh, they're, they're a little heavier. And, and so I, I always had like that little bit, Oh gosh, you know, this is, this <laughs> could be that. But, um, but I, I think it really depends on the story. Uh, you know, you have people who they write something and it's, it's got like kind of like a, a YA twist to it. And so, you know, you hope that, that that story will, will reach a YA market. And, um, it's the same if I'm, if I'm, you know, writing something that's, you know, light and humorous and it's something, you know, that I know my mom would appreciate. Then it's like, you know, I, <laughs> she, she, you know, she, she, she likes it when it's, when it's the lighter fair, mm -hmm. um, you know, then it's like, I hope that like that demographic would, would enjoy reading that. So, uh, it's more like hoping I wish each story will go to the people that will enjoy it the best. Yeah. So what's your, what's your process for coming up with a short story? Um, how does that work? So for short stories, uh, which has been, which has been very interesting as I'm, you know, kind of transitioning to thinking longer form, mm -hmm. it, it'll start with a lot of it starts with a concept um, there was, there's been quite a few, I'm trying to think about how many I've sold, but there's been quite a few that I've had that has been, um, what I would term epistolary fiction, where it's, it takes the form of a letter or, uh, <laughs> I sold one that was, that was basically a recipe, um, with reviews at the bottom hmm. and, and it, yeah, it's called Leslie's love potion. Number, number four, I think is, <laughs> And, and, uh, and to me for those, it was really fun to think, okay, like, you know, I, I'm looking at this, you know, epistolary format. What is it like if you have a, you know, a, a fantasy creature or an alien that is wanting to communicate this way? Like, what would they say? 
And, and so for me, I would kind of take that concept, take the person that I think would have the most interesting thing to say, uh, and, and then go that direction. Mm. Um, and so, and so I've done some that have been like that. And, uh, and some have, there's been a few that have sprung more fully formed, um, I guess out in my head, there's, there's one that I did that was a, uh, Snow White retelling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really thought it'd be super interesting to tell from the perspective of the queen. And, and it, it, there was a, there was a, the basic idea was all there. And I did one little, you know, attempt where I was trying to write and I was like, ah, oh, the voice doesn't sound quite right. And then I realized the relationship with the mirror was, was key and that there was, um, it really came down to, to her having this, this very destructive relationship with trying to gain, you know, the man in the mirror's approval. And so she Mm. was kind of going darker and darker and darker in her actions to try to retain that love, you know, and stay the fairest Mm. in the land in his eyes. And, uh, and so that to me, actually, that was like a really turning point story was, was looking at the relationships in stories and, and between the characters. And if I have the relationships between the characters, if that, if that sorts its, itself out as I'm thinking about it, you know, and, um, and kind of dwelling on what kind of story I want to tell, then it tends to come out, the story tends to come out pretty easily because I know how the characters are relating to each other. Uh, and, and, uh, if I, if I'm struggling to find that relationship, then the story moves much slower, uh, and it, it takes longer to come together. So for me, if I'm doing a story that's just very concept based, like I said, the, the epistolary fiction or the really, you know, the really short ones that are just, you know, kind of silly and humorous, mm-hmm. um, I'll, you know, I'll take that concept, I'll play with it. And then, you know, it, it comes out pretty easily that way. And if I'm focusing on the relationship ones that maybe have a little bit, we'll say maybe a little more meat to them than some of the humorous ones might, then it's really about, it's really about the relationships. And so, and so me thinking about how the characters are relating to each other is what's going to bring the whole thing together. Hmm. Do you ever like abandon a story that's not working or? Um, yeah, it's been, it's been funny. There's actually one that I, I'm in love with, like, I'm so excited to finish the story. Um, and I, I have, I have all of the pieces together and I, I'll go back and this has been the funny one is I'll, I'll read this story and I say, this is, this is such a great story, but I have one little piece in the middle, uh, that's not relationship based. It's based off of, um, like just the mechanics, you know, of trying to get, trying to get, uh, uh, the, well, so that the characters are like in a dust storm and, and I need to have, I need to have a character helping out that doesn't want to help out. And so it's been trying to find what sh- it's, it's like those really technical details. And that's been so frustrating is I'm getting held up by just a little tech, you know, like a little technical snafu of what can she do that will force her to finally have to help, even though she's really reluctant. And that's, that's been the only thing. And so I, I've had to set the story aside and say, that's one, that's one's been really frustrating is this whole year as I've been working on this other novel, it's been eating at me saying, I'm the perfect story. I'm, I'm almost mm-hmm. ready to go. And you just need to figure out this, <laughs> this little detail and then you can send me off. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's, there's been a few that I've had to, I've had to just say, okay, I'm going to have to come back to you. 
Um, but it really has come down to the relationships. I think in just about every case is that, except for that one story, that one story has been the technical, uh, cause it's, it's a little more science fiction based. Um, and, uh, I, I do, I do like writing science fiction, but I have to think a little harder when it gets, when it gets really technical. So. Mm. Meaning like kind of hard science fiction science aspects or world building? Uh, from like the hard science fiction aspects or, or like, um, yeah, like it's, it's, if I'm trying to deal with like, like in the, in the case of this story, for example, if I'm dealing with a dust storm in the badlands and I, they're, you know, they're, the people are all on an osprey. What are those technical details that I need to work out so that, you know, somebody can, can know what place to go. Like, it's just, it's, it's the, the really nitty gritty details that I, that, that's hanging me up on it. So mm. it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I will say, usually if I have a story, except for this one that I just, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor it. So I'm just setting it to the side until, until the end of the year. And at the end, at the beginning of the year, then I'll pick it back up and keep going on it. Usually I, I will generally keep moving on it until it's done. Um, it just, it's, there's a few, there's a few that I've dropped when I realized, oh, I don't have all the pieces for it. Um, and those, those ones I do, I just have to set aside until I can realize, okay, this is the relationship. This is, this is the goal that the character needs to be, uh, working on. And if I don't have it, then it just, it just has to, I just have to put it down and, and come back to it when, when my brain is, is ready to hold on to, hold on to what that problem is. Yeah. So, so you write and you, let's say you get a first draft done, like, I assume you have some sort of process then for for revision or what you're thinking about as far as a checklist before you start submitting. Uh, usually for just about every story, I'll send it out to some of my writing friends, mm-hmm. you know, cause we, we all need our, we all need our, our buddies. And so uh, I actually have a Skype writing group that I have been meeting with I think, how long has it been? It's been about, about eight years, uh, seven or eight years. I think that we've been, that we've been meeting. And so I'll send it to them or I'll send it to some of my other, my other friends, uh, depending on the story and get a little bit of feedback, see if there's something that I'm missing. Um, and then, then once I, once I know that I've got the bones right, then I'll, I'll go through and get everything Usually I try to, I I try to send out a pretty clean draft when I'm sending it out to people. Uh, but you know, then I'll go through and I'll neaten it up even more and I'll, I'll check to see if, uh, you know, I, I line by line, if there's anything else I want to add or remove and check it a couple more times (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then I'll, and then I'll send it out. So, um, I think I mentioned the submissions grinder, uh, is the one that I use. Yeah. So I, I go through there and then I, I, I don't write for the market. I very rarely sit down and say, oh, I want to write a story for this anthology or for this short story market. I try to write the story that is the most interesting to me. And then when I'm done with it, then I look and say, okay, what, what, what markets will it fit? And then I'll send it there first. And that takes some time, I imagine, to, to really come up with a good answer for then, which is what's the right market for this story? It definitely did 
at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm able to, as I'm looking through, you know, the, the database, uh, actually, the, I, I guess I'll give one more little pitch to the submissions grinder. The great thing is I can enter my story in and I can, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I, so I made my account and I enter it in. And then when I say, okay, it's time to search for markets, then it'll pull up based off of whether it's fantasy or science fiction, or I mean, really just about any genre of, of short story markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll do word length. It'll do how much I want to, you know, my minimum, uh, sense per word, that whole thing, if I've submitted it there before, and then it'll, it'll pull that up. And so I can sort through and I can say, okay, well, obviously I can't send this story to analog because it's not a hard SF story. Mm -hmm. Obviously I can't send it to, you know, whatever place, or I don't want to send it to this place because they only pay five cents a word. I'd rather send it to the place that's, you know, going to pay maybe a little bit more, uh, before I, before I drop down to some of the lower paying markets, just depending on the story, but it, 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 it actually, it's, it speeds up. Um, it, the same thing with sending in your, your cover letters, the cover letters used to really stress me out <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it speeds up. So now that I'm realizing, okay, I know what to say. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty much in my head. Um, what, you know, what kind of form I, I want to use when I'm, when I'm writing it out and then I can whip together. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how did you learn to write submission letters? Oh my gosh. Google, Google. <laughs> So there's a, I had to Google all the time and I kept doing it over and over again. There's a, I think it's called the William Shun uh, form, which was kind of held up as the, you know, do it like this, have it, <laughs> here's the things you say. And uh, lately there's been, um, you know, a few other ways that people have uh, recommended writing the, the, the format um, like Alex Schwartzman, who's, who's a, a great editor and, and writer, he's, he's got one, you know, where it's a little more, it's just a little, it's a little briefer, a little more to the point. Um, but it's, it's, it does make a difference. You know, you don't, you don't want your story to get turned away because you, you just, oh, actually, I'm sorry, not the Shun one. Is it Shun? Yeah, he does cover letters. That's right. I got, I got, I'm going to forget all of my, all of my details, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I've, I've, I've looked it up so many places, and so I, it's kind of just in my head now. But it's, you know, it's general, you know, dear, if you know the name of the editor, you say the name, and if not, you know, dear editors, attached is my short story, uh, you know, whatever it is. My, my most recent one that I had published was A Farm Boy, A Wizard, and a Dark Lord Walk Into a Tower. For your consideration, it is about 1,000 words. Um, you know, if it's a reprint, you tell them where it was reprinted at and when, and, uh, you know, new paragraph. So it's, it, you, you, you follow that form and, uh, and of course, you know, then there's always the other markets that want you to give different details. So you have to just pay attention to those, but it's, it was definitely learning through, uh, constantly checking from other people. And, and <laughs> the first few times I think I sent it out to friends and said, does this look right? Does it, you know, is this okay? And, and that's the beauty of having of having other other writers for friends is they can help you help you through those humps where mm. you you know you're not quite so sure if you're if you're doing the right thing. Yeah. So kind of coming back to the the I guess the craft piece in that college professor who kept making you or encouraging you to keep your sm- scope small on the stories. So mm-hmm. How do you keep your scope small? Uh, 
so I feel like each story there's, you know, if you start thinking of a concept, they, they tend to fit into different lengths depending on the concept. You know, there's ones that are very, they're very short. Uh, and they, they're, they don't need to, you know, they, they hold together really well, but if you were to try to stretch them out, you would find that there's, there's really no story. And so I've done a lot of the flash fiction because it's, it's just been so fun to write and it, you know, it contains itself really well. And there have been a few times that I've realized as I was writing a flash fiction, I realized, you know what, this one's longer. And, uh, and so then, you know, I'd, I'd find that it would, it would expand out. So one of the ways that if people are looking at the length of their story is, oh, I'm going to have to look this up, but there's, there's a, there's actually a, a pretty good formula there that Mary Robinette Kowal mm. came up with. I don't know if you've heard of this. I've seen, I've seen her lecture on, on this. I, okay. I, I okay. definitely encourage people. It's about the, I think the title in the lecture lecture is about short stories, but she introduces the mice quotient and, but there's a math formula about like how yes. many characters and yep. so it's depending on how many characters you have and how many locations. And I think it's like 750 words for every new location. So if you're moving locations around, you have to expect that very quickly your story is going to stack up really quickly. And mm. same thing with characters. And really that, even though I didn't follow that formula at the beginning, um, consciously because you know obviously I, I was writing before I came across her formula and before she even started talking about it although I, I love listening to her when she talks about it is it, it really does hold pretty true if you have two characters talking and you know it, it's you change locations it really starts to break down if you don't give enough time for each location and character to to fully develop so that that has been even though that wasn't initially what I had pulled off of I have found that it does hold pretty true, uh, to most of my stories. If, if I, if I look at them that it, yeah, the formula holds up. <laughs> well, how, how much do you think about that? So let's say you have a concept that you're excited about, right? And so are you then going straight to looking at, well, how many characters does this need? What do I need to tell the story and deciding how long the story is going to be at that point? Or are you just kind of explore? I really just explore if I, you know, if I know what, um, what, how many characters I'm going to have, you know, I just, I just, I focus on that and then I let it go. Sometimes I think, oh, this seems like this would be a great short story con or a, a great flash fiction concept. And so if that's the case, then usually I, I am, I'm not, I'm not, uh, going too deeply into too many locations, uh, you know, and, and I'll keep it pretty, pretty short. But um, really, it feels like the stories, I want to go in with an idea. And because I'm not writing to market, I, I let the story develop as it is. Um, there's one that I did that's called Nobody Enough. That's actually one of the longer um, stories that I've, I've sold. And it came out in Future SF last year. And that has, it has, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, three locations. Mm -hmm. um, it has the place where this collective of bodies that they all kind of share the same consciousness, uh, they, they lose one of their, one of their, those bodies, it's called an avatar, um, to in, in a poker game. And so, you know, they start off in the poker game and then, then we see them in their apartment and then we see them, um, at the, at a place where they get a, 
a new avatar um, that's kind of almost like a foster a foster home situation for somebody uh-huh. that so for for consciousness that tried to commit suicide, yeah. and and so um, three of the bodies you know achieved achieved death and the and the fourth one did not and so it kind of needs you know like in in this in this future world uh you can't leave a a brain on itself you know that's that's too isolated you need to you need to keep it in a group and so they they take it in as a foster situation and so really um the, the the story revolves around those three locations and then and then you have the the different consciousnesses uh it gets messy, but you know, you're dealing with those with, yeah. with that consciousness, the, the consciousness that it, it takes in and then the, uh, a neighbor and, um, the person that won it in a poker game. Those are the three or the four, I should say the forming characters that, that show up. Although I know that gets messy when you're dealing with, you know, multiple consciousnesses in, uh, in those stories. But, but because of that, I knew that I was going to be dealing with, you know, I, I needed to let my story grow and there's no way that I'd be able to fit that kind of story into a flash fiction or even a regular length short story, which would be somewhere between four and 6,000. It was, it, I think it was initially pretty close to 6,000 and, and I could tell the story didn't fit within that shorter frame and when once i once i allowed it to expand and to breathe a little bit it really became the story that it needed to be and the characters were able to work through uh the scenes that 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 they needed in order to become more fully fleshed so it was it was how many words did that end up at i think it was uh 80 about eighty four hundred words I actually I listened to it on Starship Sofa. Oh, did you? Week. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it's a very big concept actually. It seems <laughs> like you can do a lot with 8400 words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I it's funny cuz I know most of my stories don't they don't fit in there but uh, into that length because I you know, they they don't need to. There's other ones that are that are shorter. Um but the ones that the ones that need the length, you just you have to let them breathe. But yeah. um, you also don't want to stretch out a story just for length. You know, like it's it's not worth it. Uh, you want the story to to feel like it, it it's fitting into the box you're giving it. So there's some stories that I I've had starting off at like five thousand, and I've ended up cutting them to thirty five hundred because I could just tell it didn't need it didn't need it. So you know, chop chop, you gotta. <laughs> hmm. And you, mentioned, you mentioned that, you know, you, you write stories to have an impact. And, you know, I guess that, that brings up one of those words like subtext. And, mm-hmm. and I know you're not supposed to ever tell your readers what the subtext is, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. I know it's always funny where you're like, do you, do you tell them what to think? You know, and then, you know, you, there's always those awesome comics mm-hmm. where, you know, you can see like the... The, the author practically coming out of their grave being like, no, that's not what the color blue meant. You know, they're just furious with the people that are analyzing their story. <laughs> well, I'm, so I'm curious, just, you know, since that's an example, you mentioned nobody enough, right? Yeah. Like, like do you remember what, if you had a subtext or if you were just exploring a concept or? Oh yeah. So, um, there's a few actually. So it initially started off with one of my friends, um, who was ranting about how, 
you know, ladies, you do not need to get your body back after you have had a child. You have your body and it is fantastic. And, you know, she just, she just went off on this lovely little rant and I was, I was, you know, just reading it going, amen, you know, like you don't, and I, and I'm a Pilates teacher, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's my day job is I teach Pilates. And so I, I love fitness, but I also believe very deeply, you know, that people need to embrace who they are. Yeah. Um, and so, and so I, you know, I thought, oh, that'd be so fun to, to start off with that story, which is how I got my body back. And so that was actually the original title. Um, and, and I wrote it and I, you know, I brainstormed, brainstormed some ideas and, you know, what could I, you know, what could I do based off of that awesome title? That was actually a title based, um, beginning, you know, to the story. So it, it definitely started from how I got my body back. And so it, um, I wrote it. And, and I realized that was way too flippant of a tone for the story. And so yeah. I sent that to some markets and I'm like, well, no wonder, you know, this, this does not match it at all. And so I, you know, talked about it and uh, sent it to a friend and she, you know, she's like, oh yeah, you know, out of the ideas I'd suggest, I was like, that's perfect. So thank goodness, thank goodness for that. But, um, but the, the other subtext that I was working on as I, as I began to delve into the concept that I had, I had created was there's so much that comes into about, about acceptance mm-hmm. and about, and about wanting pe- people to be their own skin and feeling like you don't, you're not doing what everybody else should be doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, there, there's this person and we never name, I never name the gender of the, of the main character of that, you know, of that person. They don't even, they like, it's just, it's just not even there. And so, you know, it's been really interesting when, when I get feedback from readers and from different people where they, some people give it a gender and I go, that's interesting. You know, it's just, it's, it's interesting to hear what people have to say, uh, when they, when they try to place, when they try to place the person. But, um, to me, that was, that was one way that I felt like I could address gender and, and the, the extreme confusion that comes out of, out of trying to define gender, you know, that yeah. was something that I, I really felt like I understood when I was younger and <laughs> you grow up and you're like, okay, um, I don't, I don't understand how this, you know, how this all works and, and I need to, I need to educate myself more. And so, you know, I, I'm really glad that I have had so many different kinds of friends and they have different backgrounds and they, uh, and, and so I feel like I'm able to understand a little bit better. And for me, that was a way for me to address that it's okay to, you know, to maybe not feel like you're like everybody else. Yeah. And, and the, and to be able to kind of play with, you know, how, how that, how that affects our relationships with our bodies and, and, you know, wanting to feel like you're enough and feel mm. like, like that's okay. And so it's funny because it kind of went from like women's feeling like they're accept, you know, like they can accept themselves, which was the original. And then kind of moving into, I hope that everybody can, um, you know, that everybody can feel like they're comfortable in their own skin. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, those are, those are like the, the, the two biggest subtexts I'd say within that story to be able to, that, that I was hoping to, hoping to get across. Yeah. And, you know, as I hear you talk about that, I, I guess I wonder then if you look back at you know, your body of work so far, uh, pun not intended, <laughs> <laughs> I, until I thought of it. You're right. <laughs> if you've noticed 
you, you noticed or embraced? Like, do you have like overarching themes that come up again and again in your work? Um, you know, it, a little bit. Um, a lot of it has been about um, about acceptance in different mm-hmm. things. Uh, obviously, you know, the humor. I, I take the humor many different directions. You know, with with what I want to accomplish with it. I want people to to enjoy the story. Um, one of my better known, if you, if you have read of any of my stories, you know, it would be, would be Miss Darcy's first intergalactic ballet class, hmm. um, which, you know, really was a great way for me to pull off of my experiences as a, as a dance teacher, <laughs> you know, with mm-hmm. the kids that you're like, why are you licking the wall? And why are, you know, why are you doing this and that? And it was, it was fun to pull off of that. Um, so I think for my, my, my humor, those stories there's there's i i will add some you know i hope people feel you know feel this like there's there's some uh one that's called fairy godmothering and um i'm trying to i'm trying to pull it together so it's nice and a tight bow but it's basically you know fairy godmothers in training and they're using real world examples Mm. um and so you know they're people are these these fairy godmothers in training are, are trying to apply the things that you might do for Cinderella to say like Marie Antoinette and, um, you know, some of King Henry's wives and they don't go really well because this is the real world and things don't, you know, things don't go as well. So, you know, there, there, there's been a few where I, I want to add some, some discussion of gender, uh, mm-hmm. but there's other ones about that have kind of started to delve. And this is, this is obviously, you know, as I've become a parent, um, a lot of them have kind of dealt with, have started to deal with kids and, uh, and the different, the different pains that can come in those relationships. Mm. Uh, I have, I have one called a vocabulary of remorse and it's, it's a, it essentially boils down to a mom who is trying to get a treatment for her child because she had it and she knows that it helped her. And she wants to basically foist that upon him. But by foisting this, this back, it's, it's, it's by foisting this treatment upon him, he's going to have his whole world changed. And, and so it's her kind of finding that balance of, you know, this was great for me, but that doesn't mean that it's, that it's going to be something that I can force upon other people. Right. Um, and, and I've noticed that, you know, as I've been doing other ones with, uh, um, another one that I have that I've, been shopping out is um it's called of mothers and daughters and gods and it's about a woman who gains the ability to save other people but she really starts to struggle with um how much time she's able to spend with her daughter because she's got this little voice in her head that's literally beginning to pull her away when she needs to go save somebody from a drowning or a choking or you know house is on fire and so she has to just take off and abandon her teenage daughter and <laughs> you know and so she is so she is dealing with these relationships and families and and as i look at a lot of the more serious ones some uh, some on the on the on the more humorous ones but uh, a lot of the a lot of my my more serious ones are about family relationships mm. and um and how those may be painful and not necessarily all painful but you know the, the different things that we go through is just, like I said, we're, you know, you know, we're, ta- we're taking two steps to the side and turning it a little bit so that we yeah, can, yeah. we can approach it from a different, from a different view. That's been, I'd, I'd say that's kind of been my, if I was to say an overarching, an overarching uh, 
view of my stories, that would that would probably be be one that would fit in pretty well. Hmm. And so they're kind of evolving as you evolve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we're we're definitely. I I I really want to write from from experience. You know, it's it's not really write what you know because obviously I've never been through these types of experiences. But I do take that moment, right? You know, you take the moment where you're feeling something, and um, and then you build on it. You build on that feeling. Uh, I have one who is is this is one that's mid story. This is the one that I'm waiting to fix <laughs> is there's a, there's a girl who's post-apocalyptic and she's going around, you know, rescuing people who are um, in different pockets all around the United States. And um, she's looking for her, for her birth dad. And that's not something that I've, that I've experienced myself, but some of those feelings, um, you know, I, I, can relate to of wanting to feel accepted. And she meets up with her, with her, her birth father's sister and it doesn't go well at all. And, um, at first it does until she, you know, until she says, well, yeah, it looks like your brother's my dad. And, and then, you know, then it's just this, this just push away. And, um, you know, we, we want to take those feelings that we know we can relate to Mm. and, and that's something that, you know, that we, that we do know, if we know those feelings, we can, we can write a story around them even if even if the even if not every detail is is our story yeah yeah it, and it provides a safe little container to to explore mm-hmm. that and exactly and acknowledge it because i know with family it can be a challenge to to just right. head on <laughs> take on big thoughts and feelings right talk about this yeah, yeah. Uh, even though you, even though you totally want to avoid it, let's talk about it right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> or I can write a story. So, or or novels. So, why novels now? Uh, so, like I said, my 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 plan was never to write a story because you know, or a, sh- a short story because it's going to make me so much money, and then I'll become you know a, a novelist after that. But um, I found that. Uh, as I was, as I was writing stories, you know, I, I really, it's, I kind of started to get hungry for that, that chance to, to do a bigger story and to tell something that had, had a little more time with it. And I could, you know, spend a little more time on it. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the direction I've been wanting, you know, I've got my two my two projects that I'm currently working on. One is very, you know, it's dealing with a lot of video game tropes. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's like, it's, I want to say it's, you know, it's like Jumanji except not because it's a real world. So they don't just get sucked into a video game. They get sucked into a real world where their abilities came from their video games and they're trying to figure out why they're there and why they're getting murdered. And, uh-huh. um, you know, so it's, 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 it's fun. You know, that's the, that's the more humorous one. And, uh, um, and it, it's, it's, uh, kind of that desire, you know, to, to know that it's a different market that you're writing for because yeah. people that read, you know, short stories, they also read novels, but, um, a lot of people that read novels don't read, don't read short stories, you know? And, uh, and so I feel like there's a lot of stories that I want to tell and I really want to be able to do the ones that are longer form. And 
if you don't ever, if you don't ever sit and write them, then you can't ever, you can't ever share them with anybody else. So it feel, it felt like for the last couple of years, you know, I'd, I'd written one, one, uh, kids, I'd say like middle grade novel and I learned a lot from it, but I'm just going to let it, you know, I'll let it sit in the trunk. I wrote that about mm, five or six years ago and I learned from it, but you know, the, the, I want to put my energies towards the stories that I know are going to help me that I'm going to be able to learn from. And, uh, and so, you know, it felt like the, the two projects I have right now, those are the ones that I'm going to be able to move on. I'll be able to, you know, obviously there's, there's things that I'm going to have to plot things I'll have to figure out and things I'll have to cut, but they, they they definitely feel like the projects that, that have me the most excited mm. uh, to write. And they're, they're pretty ambitious. They both deal with larger casts. Um, which is, you know, again, it's one of those changes from short stories because you can only have so many, so many characters in a short story before it's not a short story anymore. And it's, and it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel feel a tension between, between being professionally oriented around writing these stories and the need to maybe experience, you know, just that joy of doing something new and pushing yourself? I think so, you know, because there's, there's that, if I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different ways we can go with this, but there's that concept, you know, that writers write and, uh, you can talk about writing, but until you're doing it, you, you just, you can't, there's nothing to show people. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's any, you know, there, I don't want people to feel guilty if they're, you know, if they're like, Oh, I really want to write, but they're not, they're not doing it. Obviously, you know, guilt doesn't, doesn't, really help you move forward. It'll, it'll maybe get you doing a page or two, but then you, you tend to stop if you're doing it out of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to do it because it's bringing you joy. Really. I mean, you know, if, if you have a story to write, then doing yourself, doing it out of guilt won't maybe, you know, maybe you can, it, like I said, it'll only take you so far. So, uh, Oh gosh, I'm trying to think if there was something else I was going to say, go ahead. If you have another question, then I'll, <laughs> I'll hold it well. in. You you kind of answered the what it's not, but you know your experience for for how you're you're dealing with it right now. I'm you know I'm, sounds like there's a lot of opportunity for joy there. And I was you know raising the specter that you know, you know I imagine there's challenges to that as well. But oh, to the 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 longer format. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's been interesting though, because there's things that, you know, there's, there's scenes that are really hard to include in short stories. Mm. Um, I didn't do a lot of romance in my short stories because it's, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a little bit, you know, there's a few things here and there, but not the same. And it's been fun to be able to insert, uh, more, more romantic scenes into, Mm. into this novel or more of the action scenes. Um, I've kind of joked that, you know, when you're, when you're being self-deprecating with your friends and you say, wow, a lot of my stories are me sticking, you know, one or two characters into a box and they just, they think a lot, you know, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and somehow, you know, I, I feel like I still write entertaining stories, but, um, you know, it's, it, there's different stories to tell when you have, when you have that larger cast. And so it's, it's really fun to get to, you know, take the, the character that's just, you know, they're, they're like a puppy and they just want to do everything. And they're so excited. And they, they, you know, they're, there's, there's this one guy in my novel that's trying to figure out what his special ability is. And so 
you know, he's off and he's, he's doing like Spider-Man hands and he's like trying to jump off walls and he's trying to, you know, do all these things to figure out what his ability is. And, mm-hmm. um, and then to juxtapose that with, you know, somebody else that, um, they're, they're willing to, you know, shove somebody out the door. Cause they're like, well, you know, you have extra lives. So, you know, why don't you deal with those soldiers out there and draw their attention away? And then, you know, the rest of us will rush in and it's, it, it makes for fun dynamics, uh, mm-hmm. that, that are harder to, to develop in those short stories. Yeah. I think if there's one thing that I've, you know, I've written a few and had a couple published, but like, I think not understanding scope early on. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I and sometimes sometimes I'd write a short story and sometimes I'd write a first chapter to yep, a series. This isn't, this, isn't like, a, this isn't a short story. This is my prologue or this is my first chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Or like this is like a bonus newsletter content to a book that I'm not going to write. <laughs> <laughs> Much different. It is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, for people who want to find you, Danso, how can they do that? Uh, so you can find me, you can find all of my stories. I, I keep my publications page uh, pretty well updated on, uh, the, you know, com. I'm the mm. only Dancel Cherry in the world. So it's pretty easy to find me. Um, and I also, I'll post things on, on Facebook and on, on Instagram, uh, Instagram, you tend to see more of my, my Pilates side as well, but, uh, nice. well, writers need Pilates if there, ever there's an untapped market. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Probably it. When I was in Texas, I would offer, uh, Pilates for desk and couch potatoes and we'd, you know, I'd, we'd come in and I'd a little bit would be, would be talking, but a lot of it would also be like, here's what you do. If you're sitting in a desk all day, <laughs> you need to take care of these parts of your body so that you don't fall apart. Yeah. So yeah, we definitely, yeah. we all, we all need to move for sure. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> no matter how you sit or stand, you end up getting patterns that need to be it's, worked through. Yep, we need those movement. We need to keep those movement patterns changing. Yeah, I think that's the key. And maybe that's the key to the writing journey as well. I think so. I think that if you if you can create a flow, um, in, you know, you can move and, and recognize that you're starting to get stuck in something. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's coming down to, to trying something else, coming at it from a different perspective, having somebody else look at it. It is. It's all about keeping, keeping the flow and doing what you need to to, to keep it fresh. Yeah. So you can have a, a good relationship with your with your writing. And sometimes that means shifting from shorts to novels. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, Danzel, it's been a pleasure having you on the Fearless Storyteller. Yeah, thank you so much, Ethan. Cool. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Fearless Storyteller. As a reminder, any and all links can be found in the show notes. And if you're enjoying this podcast, Will you please consider leaving a review? By doing so, you'll be helping new listeners discover the Fearless Storyteller podcast.